Okay, so welcome back to the next episode of the second episode of the Amateur Bowl with Simon and Max. For those of yep. you who are returning listeners, thank you so much for listening to the first episode. And if you're we a new time, we provide we know that we provide uh, great entertainment for you guys while you're on the toilet. So uh, <laughs> you know you're welcome. Yeah. We're, that's what we're here for. We're here for you, for all of you. Yeah, and if you're uh, if you're a new listener, we encourage you to go back to the first episode and take a listen to our uh first episode just to kind of get an idea of what we're all about what we're going to be talking about um unbelievable insight there's unbelievable insight in that video yes just just saying yeah exactly it's a lot a lot of good content (laughs) a lot of good content in there we we started off really strong and we're just going to continue on this path to greatness we are on a very um positive trajectory zenith is going to be very high on this trajectory Absolutely. absolutely and we all know why you guys came here, and it's because of our famous signature section, Gone But Not Forgotten. Isn't that right, Simon? Of course. Yeah. And And just in in the spirit of Gone But Not Forgotten, if you look at the shirt I'm wearing right now, it's from a TV show (laughs) called Blue Mountain State. Now, I don't know if you guys know this TV show, but it is unbelievable, and it may be one of those that might get forgotten or buried because it was very short and was just, it wasn't it didn't have a very wide audience. You you knew who they were pandering no. to. They're pandering honestly, to yeah. honestly, I wasn't a huge fan. I'm not even gonna lie, I was not a huge fan of the show. Okay, well, I don't know. I was wearing this shirt around yeah. at age 18, 19, 20, and everyone or a lot of people was like, "Damn, that's a nice shirt. I love the show, man." And I was like, "Yeah, yeah I, I I had a big part in the show. Yeah, <laughs> yeah." So you know, I, was I just the mascot guy. Loved, I don't know. I, I've been told I look like that guy. I don't see it personally. I could see it. I could see yeah. it. I could so see it. Oh, there's a reason I'm growing the beard. Anyways, yeah, let's get into no, it. Let's let's get into it. So Simon, would you like to write in? Yeah, you like. You want to go first with your uh, gone but not forgotten? Yeah, sure. All right. Are you ready? Of course I'm ready. I'm always ready. All right. Pour one out. Gone but not forgotten. Um, gone but not forgotten, the 2012 San Francisco 49ers. Um, I'll keep this very short and sweet. Um, so, at least in my life, in my lifetime, and or more specifically during the time of watching football, the 2012 Super Bowl is probably one of the most entertaining games I've ever, I've ever had to watch. I've ever gone the opportunity to watch, obviously, with your Baltimore Ravens. Um, Baltimore Ravens winning the game. Yeah. Uh, that was obviously Ka- uh, Colin Kaepernick's coming out party. They had a re- uh, the 49ers that year had a really good one-two quarterback combination with uh, Colin Kaepernick and Alex Smith. Uh, Colin Kaepernick ended up the se- uh, end up with a 71.8 uh, quarterback rating compared to Alex Smith's uh, 65.1. So both are pretty re- very respectable, with Kaepernick being a little bit better than Alex Smith. Um, however, Colin Kaepernick didn't have as quite as great of a passing season as Alex Smith did, but regardless, uh, both had a really good season. Um, and the main reason, well, I think one of the biggest reasons that the team was good that year was that just elite group of that elite, that elite defense with that elite group of Alden Smith, Patrick Willis, and uh, yeah, just a really good defense. And then Frank Gore as well. So this is when Frank Gore is like 28, 29 years old. 
Um, had to get really good rushing uh, rushing guard that season with over a thousand yards, uh, one thousand two hundred fourteen to be exact, with four point seven yards per carry. So not, I mean, still pretty great. But yeah, I mean, uh, obviously the, the the team didn't win. Uh, they came up short in the Super Bowl after a really good second half after the blackout. But um, yeah, I just hope that people don't forget. Um, and, Obviously, that was kind of Kaepernick's big moment before he slowly started to disappear before coming up for the wrong reasons. But um, yeah, that's my uh, that's my gone for not but not forgotten team this week or this episode rather. Respect. Yeah. So Max, uh, gone but not forgotten. Oh, man, that was. I mean, even in hindsight, that 2012 San Francisco 49ers team was so much fun. It just looking yeah. at the characters that were on that team. Think about it. Their coach was yeah. Jim Harbaugh. And I suggest all of you to look look back on some of those meltdowns Jim Harbaugh yeah. had on the sidelines. And the, what he still has on the sidelines so in Michigan. Yeah, yeah he's even, hilarious. Even today, he's still, yeah, he's, he's, he's great entertainment. Like, not even just... Like, yeah. I'm trying to think of a good comparable. He's almost like Popovich in that matter. If we're talking about personalities from football to basketball. He's he's way he's like he's more like Jeff Van Gundy. Yeah, yeah no, that's a good comparison. A little well. bit more. Yeah, you also you had Colin Kaepernick, who I mean yep. is now much more famous for you know kneeling during the anthem and yeah. having a gigantic afro. Yeah. Although back in 2012, he he was he had a decent arm. Like he's he is yeah. a good quarterback. There's you can't yeah. really say much about that. You have yeah. Iron Man Frank Gore. You have. Yeah. Just hilarious. Olden Smith. I don't know if you guys know this, but he had injury issues, but he also was arrested for uh, crying about or making some jokes in an airport that were a little. Yeah, right. I'm, I'm not kidding yeah. about that. Olden Smith. Yeah. Look him up. Look and it up. Look it up. Funny enough, Olden Smith's actually he's trying to get reinstated. The Cowboys signed him to a one year yeah. deal. So right. he might right. he might like make that linebacker core in Dallas better. And they were already in the league. Yeah. That's yeah. that's insane. That's an insane thought. Just yeah. and of course Michael Crabtree and all the fights he's been in with Akeem Talib and Richard Sherman. That, yeah. And, and Randy Moss is on the team. You forget about that, but Randy Moss was oh, there. Oh yeah, Randy Moss. Yes, of course. Just so many fun characters looking in hindsight, but back then they were all business. They were all about football. Yeah, no, it was. A, I mean, it was a really good team to watch because I mean they struggled a bit down the line, but uh, Frank Gore and Colin Kaepernick were able to kind of dig them out of a hole, but. Yeah, no, it was a it was a fun team to watch for sure. Yeah, it was this close to becoming the greatest comeback in Super Bowl history. This close. Yeah, yeah but uh, Joe Flacco was like, nah, bro. Yeah. Yeah, that Ravens <laughs> that, defense that, was good. Yeah, that Ravens defense was very good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Max, what's your uh, what's your gone but not forgotten team this year week this episode? Gone but not forgotten. Uh, the 2015 no fly zone is my gone but not forgotten. Oof. That was the that was the nickname for those of you that don't know. That was the nickname for the 2015 Arizona Cardinals defense. Yes, and that sir. Team, I think everyone forgets about it because 2015 was the year. It was Peyton Manning's last year. He ended up winning the Super Bowl. It was Cam Newton's coming out party and his yeah. his MVP season. But Von what a lot of people don't forget party too. was you could make the argument, and it it was a good argument that the Arizona Cardinals were the best team in the NFL that year, like yep. just just from head to toe. Yep. They had seven Pro Bowlers from quarterback Carson Palmer, who threw for 4,600 yards. Oh, what a name. Larry Fitzgerald, about 1,300 yards receiving, all the way down to their defense with Patrick Peterson and the Honey Badger yep. Tyron Matthew. Just 
they were called the no fly zone for a reason. They just you mm-hmm. couldn't throw on them, just like just like Saxonville, as I was mentioning last week. So, oh, yeah. you know, it's 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 kind of sad. They had one of the they finished thirteen and three. Had one of the best playoff games I've ever witnessed firsthand against the Packers in the divisional round. Larry Fitzgerald wins them the game, and then they got curb stomped by the by the Panthers. Absolutely oh, curb. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. And now they're just the little bug that Cam Newton squished under his foot on his way to humiliatingly losing a Super Bowl. Yeah. I think that's kind of sad because there are some there are some Hall of Famers on that team. There are some fringe Hall of Famers on that team, and I want them to get their due. So no fly zone. Gone, but most certainly not forgotten. At least not to us. <laughs> we are your number one fans. Always. Remember and always. Number one. Remember us. I mean, everyone's going to remember Larry Fitzgerald, but Carson Palmer? I don't know. No, Carson Palmer is going to be long gone. Yeah, I know. It's it's sad. Because Carson Palmer's career. He's a good player. People remember Larry Fitzgerald and Patrick Peterson for sure, though. No question about it. Larry Fitzgerald's Fitzgerald's a Hall of Famer for his ballot, in my opinion, at least. Um. I think this is kind of powerful because I've never been a Cardinals fan. In fact, I never really liked the Cardinals. I back in the early, the 20 early 2010s when I started watching football, I was an Eagles fan. I liked Don McNabb. I liked Brian Westbrook. Those are my those are my guys. Yeah. Brian Dawkins was was really cool. He was barking on the sidelines. It was kind of fun. And yeah. they went into the divisional the or the uh, the NFC Championship against the Cardinals, and Larry Fitzgerald just ate them alive in that game. Right. I yeah. was on the well, so I from that point on I did not like them, but I, I changed my stance. Yeah, especially the last couple of years, the Cardinals haven't exactly been the most exciting or interesting football team to watch. I mean, they're definitely starting to get better now with the um, with drafting Kyler Murray, trading for DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, those are obviously two really big offensive names that I think will start to draw some attention to. Uh, the Cardinals is a football team, but I mean, hopefully they can uh, help shore up that offensive line to give Kyla Murray some protection to um, really help him flourish in that in that offensive system. Yeah, yeah, no, I think that's that's absolutely right. The Cardinals are starting something pretty great down there, or at least that's no, the hope. For... I mean, if their yeah, general yeah. manager isn't stuck getting DUIs. <laughs> God, the word no. <laughs> yeah, look it up, Steve Kime. He he has a few. Yeah, it's not good. Anyway, we'll leave it at yeah. that. Yeah, exactly. So we'll, we'll move on to our next segment, which is uh, we want to talk about the uh, post-draft there and post-free agency. There have been a lot of changes in the league. That's with it, That goes without saying. But we also want to talk yep. about, you know, the which divisions next year are going to be those. They're going to be tough. They're going to be yeah. quite a few really difficult dis- divisions to predict. For example, last year, if you looked at the NFC West, you probably saw, oh, Rams up top, Seahawks up top. No one, no one predicted the 49ers. Yeah, so the here, 49ers just steamrolled everyone. Yeah, and now here we are being the yep. idiots that are going to try and predict which divisions are going to be the tough ones and who's going to come out on top. Obviously, we, we don't know, but this is, yeah. this is based on what we know. This is what we're going to guess. Simon, would you yeah. like to go first? Or would you like me to go first? Um, I'll let you go first on this one. 
All right. So it was for me, it was be between two divisions. And uh, eventually I ended up going with the aforementioned NFC West. And there is a specific reason why. And the reason why is just the schedule. As some of you may know, there's a, a rolling basis on what which divisions play other divisions per uh, year. And this year, the NFC West has the luxury of playing against both the NFC East and the AFC East. Do you know what that means? That means the defending NFC champions, San Francisco 49ers, gets games against the New York Giants, the Washington Redskins, the Miami yep. Dolphins, and the New York Jets, and the New England Patriots, and the Buffalo Bills. And however you feel about the Eagles and the Cowboys, them too. Yeah, So exactly. Think about that. There's, there's no other division that has a luxury like that. That is, in, Those are free wins. Those are legitimately free wins, a lot of them. Yeah. Yep. And I think that's absolutely insane. And if you look, if you look down the list, the, there are four teams in that division that could win the division, which for you can't sure. really, no, can't really say that. Yeah, you can't really say that for any other division. You have the, yeah. the defending NFC championship the champions in the 49ers. You have last year's defending NFC champions and, and the Rams who yep. lost a lot of pieces, but are still pretty good. And you have the Seahawks that have been perennial playoff teams since 2012. And you have the Cardinals that look really good and can really shock some people. Yeah, so, exactly. Those are four quality teams that I didn't even scratch the surface of. Yep. And yet you could, you could probably imagine that these game, these home-and-home home games that these teams are going to play are going to be absolute bloodbaths. Defensive sure. battles, off, offensive slugfests, they're going to be awesome to watch. And I will have a front-row seat to all of them. Good. I mean, hopefully this will make you more interested in the Cardinals this year after not watching them for the past couple of years. Yeah, I, I did not watch a single Cardinals game over the last few years. They've been so boring to watch. Oh, my yeah. God. Not since, not since David Johnson got that injury in 2017. Because yeah. David Johnson in his year where he got he got nearly three thousand yards no, sorry, two thousand yards on the ground. Or yep. yeah, nearly two thousand yards on the ground. That was insane. That was yeah. crazy. All right. Anyways, uh, Simon, do you have a, a counter proposal for best team best division in the league? Um, I do, but before I kinda get into it, um I was gonna comment on your pick. Um definitely um the NFC West is a great um, great choice. Definitely one of them that I was thinking about. Um, all four. I mean, I I would probably say that the that the Niners and the Seahawks probably have a bit of a better chance than the Cardinals and the Rams. But you're definitely right in the sense that both the Rams and Cardinals could shock a lot of people this year um, coming into the season, um, and perhaps even win the division. Just because, like you said, the schedule is so uh, they have a very light schedule, and that division is going to be really tough. Yeah, and you also have to take into account that there are now seven playoff spots, which means yeah. you can realistically see more three, grabs, three four sure. teams in each division. Yeah, that's yeah, no, that's insane. Sure. That's a game changer. That's awesome. I love that. Um, so I went. Well, sorry, I have two, but I'll I'll, I'll give my main one. The first, the main one I'm going to talk about is the AFC West. Um, the yep. AFC West is obviously. Uh, is the division of the reigning uh, Super Bowl champions, the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. They're a very legitimate franchise and team being uh, led by Patrick Mahomes. Ravens would have beat them. Uh, <laughs> Ravens would have beat them. God, the, the Titans first there, buddy. Um, and then uh, 
The Chargers, I think, are going to have a really good year this year. They obviously have a lot of offensive weapons. They just drafted Justin Herbert, um, who probably won't be starting until at least until a couple weeks into the season. But uh, the, the, the their defense as well is uh, it's I wouldn't say it's elite, but it's also it's very solid. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, bringing Chris Harris Jr. is a big was big yeah. for them. For sure. Um, the Raiders, I mean, say what you will about the Raiders. They went 7-9 to nine last year. Um, they may take a bit of a step back, except they added Harry, um, Henry Ruggs III in the draft, which I thought was a really good which was a really good draft selection. They took a bunch of wide receivers, which is addressing a need they really needed to address with Derek Carr, because now we're really going to get to see what type of a player Derek Carr is, and they are also uh, helped uh, shore up that defense a bit. Not... Um, not a great deal, but I'm not saying they didn't improve it that much, but I think it's still going to be better than last year. And then the Broncos, the Broncos, I thought, had a really good draft, and they're having a really good offseason so far. Uh, drafting Jerry Judy in the first round, I think, was a, I think was a really good draft selection, um, giving some help to Drew Locke. Um, that defense is still pretty solid. I mean, still being led by Vaughn Miller, probably one of the top five or top three best defensive players in the game. Um, so that I think we, I didn't really go the same route as you in terms of looking at the schedule, but I think if we're just looking at like four teams that, um, like four great teams in division, I think the AFC West is right up there with the, um, NFC West in terms of how competitive the division is going to be. I absolutely see that. That was the division I was kind of, uh, debating along with the NFC West. They do also play the AFC East, which means that they do, they do get those, those, those games against the uh, the Bills and the Jets and the Patriots and the Dolphins, which is really which is really nice for them. Yeah. But I think those teams are also really good, and they made big overhauls in the offseason, A lot of them that just completely will change how their their teams look. And I think that's a it's a it's a big jump, and it'll be a big change, especially for the Chiefs, who look basically the same. They're going to have to try and adjust to these games against the new and improved. Chargers and Broncos and Raiders offenses, which I think are going to look really, really different and really, really cool next year, especially the uh, the Broncos. My issue with the Broncos, they had they addressed their needs on the offensive line. They picked a lot of wide receivers, so they're yep. really stacked in that position. They got yep. Melvin Gordon, and they made some moves on the defensive line, a little, a few low key ones like bringing in AJ Boye. My issue is that a lot of the moves that they made are really depend. They they put a lot more pressure on Drew Locke, I think. I think yep. they're they're expecting a lot more. They're expecting a big mm-hmm. jump out of him in the second in his mm-hmm. second. And I, I watched a few of Drew Locke's games, and mm-hmm. he looked really good. But he looked really good against bad teams. I never really saw yeah. him play any elite mm-hmm. teams, so yeah. I don't know for sure. But mm-hmm. I think it, they're definitely building a really nice thing in in Denver. But next year is going to be dependent mm-hmm. on Drew Locke, and I think that's just, that's yeah. just really risky. And that could either yeah. could either. And, I can see them ending with 11 wins, and I can see them ending with five. Yeah, I mean, Drew Locke's just a huge question mark. I mean, in, in terms of the quarterbacks around the league, I mean, obviously last year the Broncos were planning on riding Joe Flacco into the ground before he really started sucking. But, I mean, um, no, like, like I as a Raiders fan, I really hope the Broncos don't do that well. But in terms of, like, just for Drew Locke's career. I hope he has a good season. Um, 
but yeah, like I think just in terms of the stuff they they were obviously building a really nice team around uh, Drew Locke. It's just going to be a matter of whether or not he's good enough to actually like capitalize and take advantage of the weapons that he has around him. Because I mean, Melvin Gordon was a really good pickup, I thought. Um, and then same with uh, Jerry Judy. And um, yeah, like I think that offense just got a lot better in the offseason. Um, but again, it's just John it's Elway. All on Drew Locke. John yeah. Elway when he when he picks quarterbacks, he loves this big gigantic white physical freaks he just yeah, he freaking. loves them I, he, it's like he's got a fucking fetish for them man yeah, i mean Violet, no, looking, back, <laughs> looking back to peyton manning which mm-hmm. is understandable brock osweiler mm-hmm. paxton lynch trevor mm-hmm. simian and now drew oh, Locke. They're ba- they're, <laughs> yeah the, drill flacco too they're all he's basically just bringing in prototypes of himself to come in and play quarterback. I don't know if you noticed that they all, yeah, they all kind of look like him in the way, the way he plays. And I think he, that's what he wants from drew Locke. I think honestly, I think John Elway's just trying to relive the glory days, you know, 97, 98 back to back super bowls. Can like you blame him? I think, he, I think he just wants to bring him back. Oh yeah. No, absolutely not. He, just, <laughs> yeah. he drafted Noah Fant last year, tries to find his Shannon sharp, you know, it's, yeah. he's going for it. He's going for it. And you know what? You got to respect him for that. And, you know, for sure. Yeah, this is this is quite an interesting time in the division with the with the Chargers and Raiders really changing the way they look between from year to year, and I mean they're they're trying to build something that's a little more stable. Like their defense hasn't really changed much over the yeah, last. Exactly. Yeah, it's been very minimal. Like the changes have been very not drastic, other than the Khalil Mack trade, but that's different. <laughs> I, was talking, I was talking about the Broncos. Oh, Broncos. Okay, Broncos yeah, yeah, yeah. does not look very different. It's been like heavy on the front seven and like a, a solid, a solid, very, very good, good man coverage uh, yeah. defensive backs like Akeem Tlaib, Chris Harris Jr., and now AJ Boye. Right. Yeah. With I love. I think Henry Ruggs is going to be really good. Just, just um, yeah. from from what I've from what I've seen from his his college tapes, which isn't much, and from what analysts have been saying. He has yeah. that Tyreek Hill skill set, but he's yeah. he's better at running. Versatile. Yeah, yeah, versatile, yeah, for sure. The offense, and I think that's that's just a crazy thought. Yeah. That's just an crazy thought. I mean, John Gruden's not the most creative when it comes to play calling, but they can really utilize a guy like that. They, I'll tell you what, they desperately needed a couple wideouts to give Derek Carr some options, because I mean. Say what you will about the wide, uh, the Raiders wide receivers, the Tyreek Hill, Hunter Renfro. Um, they had a uh, undrafted free agent last year, um, last year, uh, Keelan Doss, who was signed to the team once um, Antonio Brown was uh, cut. And if you don't know a lot about Keelan Doss, I'd encourage you to watch um, the Hard Knock season last year because he was all over that. But um, they desperately needed some wideout help just because. Tyrell Williams is a pretty good wide receiver, but he's not a number one wide receiver on a good team. He's just not. And I think having the ability to have someone like Henry Ruggs III, who's going to, um, or just Henry Ruggs, I'm just going to cut up the third. But, but having someone like Henry Ruggs, I think it's going to be very valuable just to have someone who can run the run the route as great as he can, just with the amount of speed that he has. Because, I mean, especially, it felt like before the draft, a lot of people weren't really talking about him because, or when they were talking about him, it, it was, they were just doing it like he was a one-trick pony since Eddie had speed. But it seems like since the drafts ended, a lot of people are really excited about this guy. And I agree. I mean, um, let's hope he has Tyree kill upside. Let's hope. Maybe even more than that. So, 
No, absolutely. And I, I like I like that you, you shamelessly plugged Hard Knocks. I thought that was funny. I mean, for yeah. you watching, if you guys want to watch John Gruden yelling at like 19, oh. 19, no, 22, 23-year-old black kids, I would highly recommend you watch Hard Knocks yeah. because it it has a lot of that. It's, it, is, it is a lot of an old white man yelling at young black kids. It really is. It just makes you ask a lot of questions. And for all of you that were also really interested in the Antonio Brown saga during the before the season started, watch Hard Knocks. It's a uh, it's a lot of fun, really funny. Yeah, it's what I did the first. A lot of you who are a lot of you who are curious about the Antonio Brown saga, watch episode one, where Simon very quickly but very thoroughly goes through it. <laughs> yes, so yes, it was, it was it's a very traumatic moment for me. My favorite, it came to my favorite team, okay, and then he screwed us over, so it's okay. Fair enough. No, he's and, uh, before we move on, I just want to say that Patrick Mahomes is a god. Just, just oh, want to throw that out sure. there. I don't think anybody okay. will disagree with me. I just, he's a god. He's, he's a god. Man, a down year for him was over thirty touchdowns and over four thousand yards. That's a down year. That's he the down like year. The blue shell in the Super Bowl last year. He let the teams get ahead, and he was like, Nah, bro. He just. He is a blue shell. He is a blue shell. I have night. I have nightmares about blue shells in Mario Kart. I've been playing that game for years. I have not, I see blue shells coming out of nowhere in my nightmares. It's the worst. It, yeah. yeah. I, I hate now that you Patrick brought up blue shell. I hate it. I hate it. Yeah. Why'd you do that? Why'd you say that? Now Patrick Mahomes is gonna be coming to coming to get you new nightmares, so just no, keep no, that no, in mind. No, no. Let me tell let me tell you guys a little story. Two years ago in fantasy football, I had this Great strategy, one that just I knew wouldn't fail me. I've gone through too many failures in fantasy football, too many. And I decided to go in with a strategy, a completely new strategy, because I felt like there was a lot of depth at quarterback. So I decided just to neglect the quarterback position. So I wasn't paying attention to any quarterbacks until about round seven of the draft. I'd built a really, really nice team. I could recite my team by heart, but I'm not going to do that this episode. I will later. But I remember it was the seventh round. Every team... Every team in my league had a quarterback. Every team. I w- it was a 14-team league. 13 quarterbacks were off the board. Dak Prescott had just went. And at the top of the board was Marcus Mariota, um, a f- one, one or two other guys. I think Tyrod Taylor was up there. Oh, and man. Patrick Mahomes was, I think, the third or fourth <laughs> guy on the board. And I just remember thinking, like, I watched this guy in preseason, and like for every one touchdown he threw, he threw a pick. So do I want this guy? Yeah. And I said, of fucking course I want this guy. I picked him, and that is the best fantasy football pick in the history of fantasy football picks. I'm just going to say it right now. I ended up winning my league handily. I scored 150 points in the finals. We kicked ass. Jesus yeah. Won my first fantasy championship, first of many. And Patrick Mahomes is now one of my favorite players. Those are the picks that win you championships. The uh, the sleeper picks where I come out of nowhere. Yeah, exactly. That it was one definitely one of those. I had a few others like that on that team. It was just, it just it was lucky. It was so lucky. But I'm also just the best fantasy football player of all time. So there's that too. Okay, relax yeah. there, Michael. No, I've I've won I've won championship in eight years. I think that's pretty good. Yeah, for sure. And then, uh, yeah, so just quickly before I move on, the other team I had as my uh, competitive division was the NFC North, the Bears, the Vikings, 
the Packers and the uh, Lions. Lions, right? Yeah, Detroit Lions? forgets about them too. Yeah, Lions, right? Yeah. Uh, four really good, three really good teams. Detroit's going to get better. Um, I think Chicago's going to get better, but I'm going to talk about that later. And I, I yeah, love how you so just, put them as like a competitive division. You just forgot about one of the teams. You're just like, oh, two, three good teams. Uh, <laughs> wait, there should be four. Yeah. Wait, hold on. You know what? Yeah, there's. You know, fa- you know, Family Guy doesn't do a lot about sports, but there is one great cutaway that I saw where they were they were in a zoo and. And uh, Brian was in, Brian the dog was kicked into a lion enclosure. And there are these two lions just like about to eat. He's he's like, hey, 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 guys, it's Thanksgiving. Come on, shouldn't you be losing a football game on Monday Night Television right now? And I was like, yeah. Uh, Thanksgiving episode or turkey guy, whatever it's called. I can't remember what the episode's called, but. Anyways, now we've just gone to best divisions. Now we're going to talk about some teams that are kind of under the radar right now. I don't know if you can call any team under the radar right now since everyone's been analyzing the draft to hell, but there yeah. are some teams that could be in the running for a, a set, like the, the sixth or the seventh seed in their conference that you may not think are playoff contenders, and we want to kind of shed some light on those teams. So uh, AFC, uh, Simon, do you have a, an AFC sleeper team that could realistically take the sixth or seventh seed? Ooh, AFC. Um, you know what? I actually do. Um, my AFC sleeper pick is actually the Indianapolis, Indianapolis Colts. Okay. Um, okay. They're going to be in a bit of a. They're in a. They're in a competitive division in the sense that they're not. None teams are really elite, but they're all kind of. It feels like the, the three teams that are they're in the same spot or in similar spots right now are the Titans, the Texans, and the Colts. Um, I think Philip Rivers, too, to a lot Philip Rivers, Rivers, but I think he's an interesting add into that into the team into the uh, Colts offense. Um, I still like the I mean the Colts defense is a huge question mark, but um, they all and I believe you know, they they took a wide out in the draft, which I think was a really was a position they needed to address um, to help out Ty Hilton. Uh, Michael Pittman, and I, yeah, looks good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, see what you about Philip Rivers. If you compare him to Jacoby Brissett, I personally I think I prefer Rivers a bit better. He can't move as well as Brissett, but um, he's got a track record of being um pretty good, even though being a solid quarterback, even though he is on the decline with his age, uh, only getting only with him only getting older as time goes on, and. Yeah, so I mean, if the defense can hold up, I think that the uh, Indianapolis Colts could uh, surprise a lot of teams this year. But um, again, that that uh, the, the the defense is a really big question mark. So that's my uh, AFC sleeper team. And and one thing that you didn't mention about the Colts that I want to talk about is they're probably one of the best coach teams in the league. Like Frank Reich has done a great job. Yeah, that that yeah, their offensive line is really good as well. I didn't mention that. Um, they restructured a couple years ago. They really buffed up their offensive line a couple years ago when Andrew Luck was their quarterback, um, just to kind of help protect him. And I think ever since then, they've uh, done a pretty good job protecting the quarterback. So, I mean, that's another thing, especially when you're talking about a guy who is old, who is, who is as old as Phillip Rivers. So that's yeah, the I can thing. I can honestly imagine the conversation that they had in that front office. They're like, guys, Andrew Luck's arm is not where it's 
supposed to be. Like it's falling <laughs> off. Like it's yeah. he's literally dot. He's he's getting ripped apart at the seams by JJ yeah. Watt and Jarrell Casey yeah. and that Jacksonville Jaguars defense. Like we we need to do something. We we need yeah. to fucking do something before he dies on the screen. Yeah. <laughs> so I think I think that's probably what they did. And they just brought they just brought in a bunch of monsters. Yeah, I mean, I, I love that. Yeah, I mean, I hope the I really hope the Colts do well this year. Um, they were, they've never been one of my real uh, big favorite teams, but they've also been a team that I've kind of. They're one of my. Uh, they're a team I like to root for, but not one of my favorites for sure. I'll say exactly. that. And when we're while we're doing this, we're not talking about teams that that are going to contend for the Super Bowl because obviously the. The, the Chiefs and the Ravens are like way up here and everybody else can only kind of hope to kind of be in that second tier. So we're, we're talking about that third tier of teams, the third, the third tier that isn't really in the second tier. That's definitely contending for those lower playoff spots and could make some noise against the first, t- the first tier, but they're, they could do it. Like they could, they could show us something that we've never, we haven't really seen like, like the Niners last year. That's kind of what yeah. we're, we're talking about. Who who do we think could be the Niners? And yeah. for me, you may this may surprise a lot of you, but I have I have in the past, and I still do have a good amount of faith in the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yep, interesting. Jacksonville Jaguars interesting. that just completely fell apart. That that Saxonville secondary of guys like Barry Church, uh, Tashawn Gibson, Aaron Colvin. Uh, AJ Boye and Jalen Ramsey, they're all gone. All five of them are gone. Yeah. They're all gone. And now they're being replaced by guys like Rashawn Melvin, uh, DJ Hayden, and the guy that just drafted ninth overall, CJ Henderson, who looks really good. And their front seven still looks absolutely nasty. They brought in Joe Schobert for the linebacker core. Miles Jack is still there. I was wondering what happened to Telvin Smith, but uh, he got he got arrested for some stuff, so we're gonna leave that out. They have four. Oh yeah, I saw that today, actually. That's yeah. <laughs> yeah, four of their their last first round picks have been on the D line. So guys like Yannick Ngakwe, Josh Allen, um, Taven Bryan, and now uh, Clavon Chason. These are four guys that can get to the quarterback, and they can destroy yeah, the quarterback. Josh all, Allen's the all, guy they wanted on the Raiders last year. Yeah, exactly. Only, um, yeah, and the Raiders definitely should have picked him, but we're not going to talk about that. Um, all um, Doug <laughs> Marone, Farrell, all, all Doug Marone and Todd Wash, the defensive coordinator, all they have to do is just blitz, 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 and they'll win yeah. games. The, the, yeah. the Texans' O-line is still kind of bad. The Colts' O-line's great, but, I mean, they're, the receiving core is still young. So their their corners and safety should be fine, and the Titans, you know, you, you still don't really know what you're going to get from Ryan Tannehill. Plus, their O line still kind of sucks. They're a huge Taylor, Taylor they're a huge Taylor, Taylor Lewan is beautiful. I'm just going to say that. Great hair, Derek great mustache. Taylor, Taylor Lewan is beautiful. Um, you know, the 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 Jaguars with bringing in Joe Schobert and having a good um, linebacker core, they're decent against the run. They'll they'll be fine. They'll be we they'll be. Okay. We talked about um, most competitive division, but I think in terms of the biggest question mark division, I think it's no question it's the AFC South. No, no yep. question. Yeah, and I think I think the Jaguars probably have the worst odds to win this division of the four teams. No doubt, 
So, no, so I've just been talking about the defense. I haven't touched on the offense yet. And Gardner Minshew, first of all, showing up to games in George that you cut yourself. Let's just let's talk about that for a second. Oh my um, lord! Yeah. The mustache, the mustache is beautiful. Last year at Halloween's at Queens, I saw at least three guys dressed up as Gardner Minshew, and he'd only been in the league for about three weeks at that point, maybe four. The, the guy is taking the league by storm, and he and he had some good weeks. He's he's not a bad quarterback. I picked up DJ Shark in fantasy last year. He was very solid. They bring in uh, what's uh, Lavisca Chanot. I think that's how to pronounce his name. He's yep. he seems pretty good. He was a first round talent, but because of injuries, he fell. And I mean, it was this this year's wide receiver class. They, they look good, honestly. Yeah. I'm I'm jumping on the Jacksonville Jaguars train. I think, and of course, Leonard Fournette is there. We're forgetting about that. Leonard Fournette. If they don't trade him, that is. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the hope. And we'll see. I, mean, I, mean, I hope as, they don't trade him, but. Yeah, as long as and again, beautiful beard, absolutely beautiful beard, and. <laughs> As long Beautiful as long man. as you kidding me? fair enough. And a decent O line too that people forget about. As long as he's there, all all um Doug Marone has to do on the offensive side is run, 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 mm. HB dive, HB dive, maybe once throw it out of the backfield to Leonard Fournette. But Leonard Fournette can spearhead this offense. And you know, you, mm-hmm. you look at guys like Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara, Saquon Barkley, that can do it all. And you forget about guys like Leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette has hit speeds of 23 miles per hour on the field. Like, the dude's fast. Mm-hmm. And the dude can run. And the dude can move. Because he just got to stay healthy, too. That's the other thing. Boy, boy's got wiggle. Boy's got move. Yeah. He's got, he's got it. Number yeah. seven. Remember. Remember that. Black Santa. <laughs> God, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Don't cut that yeah. out. No, it's okay. I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll leave it. Don't worry. I'll leave it just for you. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. We took a we took a little bit long on the AFC side, so we'll just quickly jump into the NFC side. So, who do you have on the in the NFC? Uh, I know this is a sleeper, but I think they're a bit underrated, or they're not really being quite talked about as one of the as much I think they should be. Um, I think the Chicago Bears could be in for another big season after a, oh, stole after, mine. Disappointing season, after disappointing season last year. Um, they obviously have one of the best defenses in the league. Um, they are fourth in points. Uh, they had the fourth best defense in terms of points allowed last season. Um, David Montgomery is pretty good. He's on elite running back, but he's pretty good. And they also um, obviously have uh, Tariq Cohen as well. Uh, Nick Foles is coming in, um, and I think a lot of the negativity surrounding the Bears obviously comes from the just the ter- like no, I, I don't want to say he's terrible, but the underwhelming performances of Mitch Trubisky, um, definitely kind of starting to creep into the bust territory if he hasn't already. Um, and the other thing is that I just think that um, head coach and uh, a head coach and quarterback relationship is obviously really important, and when you when you're talking about um, the relationship with that Nick Foles has with Matt Nagy um, from when the, they were both in St. Louis, I think you're going to be getting a really good relationship there, which I think is obviously really important. And yeah, I think Nick, uh, if Nick Foles can stay healthy, again, a huge question mark, but if Nick Foles can stay healthy, I think the, um, the Bears are going to be in for another really big season. Mm-hmm. I think you're absolutely right. And like I said, you you stole my pick. Like that was that was my sleeper pick. I think the Bears with their with their defense, they could their defense can score points. They're, yeah. 
there is so pain. and yeah. bringing in um bringing in uh, uh johnson from the draft in the second round i forget his first name but he's a uh, Jalen Johnson, I think is his name, cornerback, really highly ranked quarterback, cornerback. That bringing that in to a to a group that already has Ha Clinton Dix and Kyle Fuller, like yes, please. Well, Clinton Dix is gone. Eh? Nasty. Sorry. Clinton Dix went to the uh, Cowboys. Oh, he's in the on the Cowboys. Yeah. Oh damn. Okay, that should be that should be very interesting. No, but, for uh, sure. that might. My point still stands about the uh, the Chicago Bears secondary. It's it's nasty. Kyle Fuller is a top is arguably a top ten, top fifteen cornerback in the league, and you bring in another guy that has the potential to be like that. And you already have you, you, that that front seven is nasty. Arguably one of the best in the league, maybe even the best. That's that they could be scary. They can they can steal games off of the Packers and the uh, and the sorry the Vikings. Yeah, okay, I forgot about the Vikings then, this time. You forgot about the Lions last time. Okay, it's yeah. just a forgettable they, division. They, they, they can steal games from the Packers and the Vikings, but they'll just, just take games from the Lions, no question. Yeah, just like the uh, the uprights stole a very important game from them. Oh, that was mean. That was so mean. I'm sorry. <laughs> it, was most, it was off Fletcher Cox. Bear- I'll stand by that. If there are any Bears fans listening, I apologize on Max's behalf. <laughs> nope. you don't get that. You don't get those. Oh. Every every team every team has those. Every team every team has their heartbreaking yeah, losses. I still have not retrieved my Baltimore Ravens hat from my friend's house when I was watching the divisional round game against the Titans at their house. I I do yeah, not have that that's, hat. That's great. Yeah. All right. Yeah. We and love that. Just and because I have to quickly switch gears, I'm going to talk about the Atlanta Falcons because I feel like nobody's really talking about them. They had a they had a sneaky good draft, getting a cornerback in the first round and, and a great defensive tackle that could stop the run in the second. So that's those yeah. are two very good additions. Keep in mind, this team mm-hmm. was out of playoff contention by around week 12, week 13, and then from that point on, they just didn't lose. They finished the season seven and nine. And they just they finished yeah, it on with wins. My Raiders. Yeah, yep. they finished it on wins. So this team is yeah. actually really good, and the problem has just been they've been hit with the injury bug. Their defense has just been decimated by injuries. Guys like Deion Jones and Keanu Neal, really important pieces, have been injured, but they're back now. Deion Jones, at his when he's healthy, is one of the best linebackers yeah. in the league. He's so fast, and he just he just knows where to where to be. If you want, watch back the uh, the 2016 Falcons or the 2017 Falcons playoff run. They, they were Deion Jones is a nasty player. He's a bad man. Just don't watch the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> and they lost Desmond Trufant, sure, but you know they 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 brought it back in other areas. They can now get to the quarterback, bring in Marlon Davidson, bring in Dante Fowler Jr. They can get to the quarterback now. Bring in Todd Gurley is a sneaky pick. No one's really going to talk about that, but it could really make some differences, yeah. um, especially with, with a young guy like Ido Smith there that can really make some differences in the run game. He's a good player. For those yeah. of you in fantasy that needed to uh, fly a, a running back when they're with some bye weeks, yeah, Ido Smith, man, he, he played yeah. well. He held up with an injury-riddled Devontae Freeman. And again, that offense is just insane. Yeah. You, you, you can't talk about the Falcons without talking about that offense. 
see a drill about Matt Ryan, but he can still he can still throw the ball. He can still throw the ball very well, and they have a generational talent at wide receiver, and oh. also Calvin Ridley. Yeah, Calvin Ridley's there too. They brought in. They yeah. brought in Ridley's a very under. He's very underrated. He's ridiculous. Yeah. Good offensive line with Alex Mack and Jake Jake Matthews there. You have another more blocking tight ends with uh, Levine Toy. Actually, no, Levine Toy Lolo's gone. Austin Hooper's gone too. But Hayden Hurst came in. So now they have Hayden Hurst as a really good blocking tight end that could catch sometimes. As a Ravens fan, I know this. He he's had some pretty annoying drops, and their throwing game is incredibly potent. And they can they can really make some noise in the NFC South and the NFC as a whole. I think they're still a team that is good, and people will forget about them because. Oh my God, Tom Brady and Gronk are in Tampa Bay. Yeah, they're they're Atlanta's a bit. Atlanta's a bit. Yeah, I mean, yeah, no, it's that's no, that's a good pick. It's a good. Uh, hopefully, that defense can stay healthy though, for sure. Yeah, health is an issue for all teams. It's it's just an absolute killer. And uh, to the point of Tom Brady and Gronk joining the Bucks, no, we're not going to talk about it. Everyone, everyone and their mother are talking about Tom Brady leaving the Patriots. We're trying to avoid yeah. those, uh, trying to avoid those topics that everyone's rehashing and talking about. We're trying to, we're trying to shed some new light in new areas, which is why the gone but not forgotten section is so. Big. Yes, sir. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, thank you all for listening. We don't have anything more prepared for you today. Uh, next time we will absolutely have more gone but not forgotten teams of the 2010s because that's what we do. That's what we prepare. We literally don't prepare anything else. Like we are talking out of our asses it's just this it. entire time. Yeah, exactly. And uh, yeah, I, I'm surprised Simon isn't wearing a mask during this because I mean you got to cover up where the crap comes out. Yes, sir. Yeah. You know it. Yeah, exactly. And look at that. Finished my beer. Great time. As we finish the, pod- as we finish the podcast. Perfect. Yeah, so thanks again. Thanks again to everyone who's listening. Um, if you guys have any suggestions or any teams you want to see featured in our uh, Combo Not Forgotten section, be sure to drop a comment below on the YouTube, on the, uh, YouTube comments. And... Uh, Yeah, we'll see you uh, next time. Peace out.